Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. I am Dave Reed. And I am Detective Kristen Riley. Why are you a detective now? Why not? Because we already have a detective in this household. Moses? Detective Moses. (laughs) You're right. Never mind. I revoke my detection. Okay. (laughs) And this is The Cast Files. I am a nerd who has somehow never seen The X-Files and is not a detective. Ugh. And I watched it when it originally aired, and I am also not a detective. No longer. Nope. Shortest lived career. (laughs) The Cast Files is a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of The X-Files spoiler free. Today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 23, Soft Light. It originally aired May 5th, 1995. It was written by the man I've been waiting to see, Vince Gilligan. Finally, I think the show is about to start getting good. Did you know Vince Gilligan was originally a fan of the series? He wrote a script and sent it to Fox, and that script became this episode. Is that his first writing job? It's his first writing job for The The X-Files, for sure. Yeah, I don't know if it's his first writing job ever. I'm guessing not. Because that would be a wild start to his career. Yes, but yes, he does take off after this in the X-Files verse. And then he goes on to create two of the greatest TV shows of all time. Oh, he's the Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul guy? He is. I just read that. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's why I've been adamant that this show is going to get good, because I knew Vince Gilligan was going to come onto the show. So I was like, it, it has to get good. This is what I've been waiting for. And directed by James Contner. I don't have any notes on him. (laughs) I believe he's directed other episodes. I just liked the Vince Gilligan note, so I wanted to throw it in there. All right. So IMDb says Scully's former student, Detective Kelly Ryan, asks the agents to help her catch a runaway government scientist responsible for several mysterious disappearances. Mulder realizes that the man is deathly afraid of his shadow for some reason. (laughs) No, he doesn't. I know. Not until, like... Five minutes before the end of the episode. <laughs> well, did you ever figure out who Detective Kelly Ryan is? Uh, no, I didn't. Do you remember me saying yeah, that's she was somebody. somebody? That is Kate Twa, previously playing the female Marty in Genderbender. Ah, okay. I knew I recognized the, the name Twa, yep. too, because you're going to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kevin McNutty is Dr. Christopher Davey, who previously played Special Agent Brian Fuller in the X-Files episode. Squeeze! Interesting. (laughs) And uh, Forbes Angus is a government scientist who previously played Tissue Bank Technician in the X-Files episode, Shadows. Mm -hmm. Shadows. Interesting. Yeah. The episode that was not about shadows was about a ghost. (laughs) Right. So, the reception. Soft Light received mixed to positive reviews from television critics. Entertainment Weekly gave the episode a B- and noted that the episode, quote, gains points for the obscure subject matter, unquote, but, quote, loses them for the strained conspiratorial element, unquote. I like that. Zach Handlin of the AV Club also gave it a B-. He praised the cold open for its strangeness and X's involvement, but thought that the explanation for Banton's shadow was not satisfactorily fleshed out. And that's what he was quoted with the AV Club and also in the Monsters of the Week book that we have. He extrapolates on it, but yeah, he's like, they tried too hard with the dark matter to make the layperson feel like this was something, but it wasn't much of anything. And then Robert Sherman and Lars Pearson in their book, Ready? Wanting to Believe, colon, A Critical Guide to the X-Files, Millennium, and The Lone Gunman, rated the episode four stars out of five. The two wrote positively on the episode's case, calling it one wherein Mulder and Scully get to investigate properly, coming up with theories that they later build on or retract. (laughs) (laughs) How did you like this episode? What would you rate it? I think a, a C plus would be a minus is good. It, it was uh, certainly not the worst episode. That is true. No, Kate Twa was in the other one. <laughs> that is the worst episode. Well, um, one of the people in this episode that I did not mention because he was not previously on 
is Tony Shalhoub. And Shalhoub. Ah, I was thinking about that that clip with Tignataro. Tignataro, where he was wearing a shawl and he kept pulling on his ear. Uh huh. So I I kept doing Shalhoub, 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 Shalhoub. <laughs> so I did it wrong. All right, Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub. The episode guest stars Tony Shalhoub as Dr. Banton. Shalhoub, who had a recurring role on the NBC series Wings, was not familiar with the X-Files when he was offered the part because at the time he did not watch much TV. However, after reading the script for Soft Light, he enjoyed the story due to its The Twilight Zone-esque nature. When Shalhoub informed people that he had secured a part on the X-Files, he claimed that, quote, the response was unbelievable. <laughs> You're unbelievable. Bow! Do, do, do. I think it's weird that they're calling him a recurring character on Wings. He was absolutely a series regular. Yeah, that is a weird thing to say, recurring role. Well, I guess it was a recurring role. No, that's a specific <laughs> thing. Yeah, all right. Like She'll... right now, I think Mitch Pelegi is... A recurring character. Ah, uh, yeah. And then right later, I think he's going to become a series regular. Yeah. It's a different specific thing when you're talking TV terminology. I know all of these things because of all of the TV shows I've created. Oh, how many? Uh, well, there's uh, Fetus Murderer. No, I created that one. We created that one. Did we? Yes. I created the one about my four dads. You created my four dads. And then my six moms. <laughs> yeah. Because you said all of the dads were dead, so I had to do something else. That's right. My fetus murderer was at least a group effort, because I came up with the theory of the fetus murderer. Okay, you're right. I was I was too caught up in the My Four Dads, because <laughs> I think about that one regularly. Yeah, I had forgotten entirely about My Four Dads. They became my six moms. Yep. My ten parents. <laughs> Who only look like two people. Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of math in that title. Mm -hmm. Or at least numbers. Shalhoub was impressed with the on-location filming that the series did. He noted, quote, 99% of our filming on Wings is done on a soundstage, which we watched a clip earlier today. and Yeah, it's, you, there's no need for no. it not to be a soundstage. He said, while most of the X-Files is shot on location in and around Vancouver, it's an ideal city because it gives producers so many options, unquote. It's then, raining here. It's raining over there. And then Mulder's over in the corner just scowling at him. In a scene reminiscent of, what's his name? Always crying in the rain. Uh, John Cusack. John Cusack. But not in a romantic comedy way, just in a scowly, my coat is too big. <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself for not saying Rucker Hauer. Well, sorry you're disappointed. All those memories will be lost. Forever. Like tears in the rain. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. <laughs> yep. All right, ready to get into it? I am. All right. This episode begins at the George Mason Hotel in Richmond, Virginia. Patrick Newworth sits on his bed, sipping scotch and reading some papers. What do you think those papers were? Business papers. You don't think papers they were? Papers that had business. It's <laughs> probably true. I want them to be love letters. Mm. Pa papers that are, that are business. <laughs> Dr. Chester Ray Banton slash Monk, I wrote. <laughs> Even though I've never seen Monk. <laughs> no, and he's Antonio. Right. Um, he exits the elevator. Banton seems nervous and keeps looking over his shoulder. He continues down the hallway before knocking on a door and attempts to talk to the man inside. The man initially ignores him, but finally walks over to the door. Actually, no. He's knocking on somebody else's door. He's knocking on somebody's door. Yes, okay. So the way that that's written, it's unclear. The person that Tony Shalhoub's door he's knocking on never answers, right? No. He's yelling the guy's name. I don't remember the name. I also don't remember. I remember that it's door 607. Yes. And this guy's in 606. Yes. I think 606 is a recurring theme in Possibly. Nobody the mentioned it in anything that I was looking at, so. But maybe. Patrick is, he gets off his bed. He stops reading his business love letters. 
and walks over to look through the peephole and sees Tony Shalhoub across the way. He's like, he's like, ooh, drama. Yes. I'm going to go check this out. Which I have absolutely done. But you can't just walk like a regular person. You have to, as you get closer, you, you have, have to, to dink, dink, dink. Yes, you dink, dink, dink. Just in case, because this is a hotel room. You don't know what part of the floor squeaks. Very true. You got to be careful when you're dink, dink, dinking around a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> what a statement. As Patrick does this, Banton's shadow slides under the door <laughs> in a way that shadows don't do. Did you see his curly hair in the yeah. shadows? Yeah. It's yeah. like his shadow was Peter Panning and it was. came under the door. It was. It was weird. Entirely not how a shadow no. works, no. but fun. Yeah, it was fine. It was just like, what? So the shadow comes under the door and the guy is yanked downward into a strange vortex-like blue puddle. Just very weird. Yeah. Banton panics as the blue puddle begins to burn and char, but he doesn't see that. Because he's outside, and the guy's inside. Well, the puddle's inside. Yeah, I don't think he knows about this guy. I don't think he says anything later. He At this point, he knows he's killed one person. Right. And he's just panicking. But it's important to note that he's in the hallway panicking and doesn't know about this hotel guy. Yeah. Just because as the episode goes on, he gets more and more panicky. But I don't know... Because nec- yeah, he's killing more and more people. Yes. It's important to know that he's outside and this guy's inside, so he doesn't necessarily know. Banton, as he's panicking, he unscrews the light bulb on the opposite side of the wall from Patrick Newart's door and leaves. Which is weird. It's how they catch him, and it's also way too late. Right. Do that at the beginning, not after you've killed somebody. I know. It's very... And then leave. I'm going to make sure I don't have any shadow here, and then I'm going to go somewhere else. Right, because whoever's door he was knocking on... Never answered. Never answered, but if they had answered, he would have had a shadow because he hadn't taken the light out. out. His shadow would have been aimed directly at them. Right. Come on. Come on. So that's the cold open. Scully and Mulder arrive at the scene as Scully tells Mulder that there have been several similar incidents in the past. Detective Kelly Ryan, a former student of Scully's from the FBI Academy, has asked the agents to assist her on her first case involving these mysterious deaths. Can you do that? I guess you could. Yeah, I don't see why not. It just seemed weird. Hey, I need help. But no, that does make sense. This is my first case and it's spooky. Yeah, but why isn't she in the FBI if she was a student at the FBI? Maybe she flunked. Does that mean Dana Scully's a bad teacher? I think you have more than one teacher at the FBI Academy, so maybe she was a bad student. Mm. Maybe she was on her way. Maybe she became a detective in the FBI, looked around, and said, oh, no, wait, we already have a detective in this household, and then (laughs) had to go do something else. But she and became a detective somewhere else? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It's not the way that works. You know what? No. There is literally no backstory for anybody in this episode, so <laughs> it's really whatever we want it to be. Okay. Detective Ryan tells them that the most recent victim works for Morley Tobacco. He apparently had been discovered missing at 6 a.m., which, what? He was supposed to be at a meeting at 6 a.m.? I get that this is a fan script now. Morley Tobacco. Yeah. I, I laughed at it when it happened, but now I'm like, that's why there's all these references to other episodes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this was fanfic. Yes. That got made. Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> the doors and windows were locked in this hotel, which I know now most windows don't even open. No. That they, they used to, though. I mean, I guess you could smoke in them. Yes. So you had I to guess open they the window. need to. Yeah. Hmm. All the doors and windows are, uh, are locked from the inside. So Scully goes and looks at the yes. radiator vent. And I said, squeeze! <laughs> that was super fun. It was it was so good. Because she's over there and uh, Detective Ryan goes, do you really think? What did she say? You don't think someone could squeeze in there. Uh-huh. Fanfic. <laughs> and Mulder responds, you never know. Wow. Yeah. So good. I was really excited. I was pumped. And then less pumped as... <laughs> it, because it wasn't him? Because he's dead? Yeah. Well, boo. Maybe his brother will make an appearance. Yeah. 
There's got to be more liver-eating, hand-choppy guys. Yeah, but not in Baltimore. Right. It's going to be somewhere else. That's true. Ryan tells them that the patch that we saw the dude turn into is mostly carbon with potassium and traces of minerals. Isn't potassium a mineral? Isn't carbon a mineral? I have no idea what makes a mineral a mineral. Hmm. I do know that Mulder says something about spontaneous human combustion. He does, and I did not do any research on that because... Well, I can tell you that it's I. it was all in my brain, and then I had to look it up a little bit just to refresh myself. And yes, they are all not spontaneous. All these cases are not spontaneous human combustion. They are people who are sitting next to a fire and caught on fire. There are people who smoke... Were they maybe... Fell asleep with their cigarette in their hand. Were they maybe smoking morally tobacco? Probably not, because I don't think that's a real thing. What if they hand-rolled their cigarettes and everybody who spontaneously combusted was named Morley? That would be wild. (laughs) But I can tell you there's a guy named Michael Faraday. He's the only person who the coroner has said was spontaneous human combustion. Coroners will not rule anything that because it's not a real thing. But Michael Faraday in 2011. Oh, I was going to say, is this 1848? Because that would make sense. In Ireland, uh, they did rule his death spontaneous human combustion, even though he was sitting next to a fireplace. And wearing asbestos clothing. No, and wearing flammable clothing. Just, oh, is asbestos anti-flam? Yes. Anti-flam? Yes, it's anti-flam. I don't know what asbestos is because... It's, I just know you're not supposed to breathe it. Because it gives you the mesothelioma. Is that, it gets in your body and it gets in your lungs and gives you cancer. Oh. No. Fiberglass cuts up your lungs. (laughs) I apparently think everything is tiny shards of glass. (laughs) Yes. Glitter is tiny shards of glass. (laughs) Nope. It's iron oxide. Asbestos is tiny shards of glass. No, I don't know what it actually is, but I know that it gives you the cancer. It gives you the mesothelioma, which is how Warren Zevon died. Oh. He has a very creepy song. He's got all kinds of great songs. I didn't say that it wasn't great or that he had no great songs. I just said he has a very creepy song. Yeah, and I said he has all kinds of great songs because I was saying that creepy song is a great song. Super creepy. What else is Tiny Glass Shards? The thing in the bottom of my foot right now. Probably. I thought I got it out, but I might not have. Well, it's what happens when you explode a Pyrex. Yeah, they're not supposed to explode. Spontaneous Pyrex combustion. (laughs) That's real. (laughs) That was wild. Mulder notices the unlit light fixture, tapping it to reveal that the bulb has simply been unscrewed. You know, as you do. Tap, tap, tap. That's what I do. I tap every light bulb I see. Me too. Takes me a long time to go anywhere. Like Monk. Oh, hmm. I wonder if that's where they pulled it from. Because he has to touch every, like, post he sees. Oh, does he? Yes. I never watched that show, but I know so much about it. I also never watched that show, but I know I've seen probably hundreds of hours of commercials for (laughs) Monk. (laughs) Yeah. If you watched USA at all in the 2000s, you you have the entirety of Monk in your head. Yeah, I think so. So he screws the light bulb back in. Uh, Detective Ryan is instructed to compare the fingerprint that he dusted on it to Mr. Newworth's prints. Ta-da! They found a lead. Well, that was well after the fact. Was it? Yeah. They said dusted for prints. They came up with nothing. And then they started looking at the train videotapes. Oh, I thought they dusted that one. They did dust it. And then they they ran it and it came up with nothing because... Oh, okay. I see. His prints weren't in the system. Okay. Who did he work for? It's coming up in a bit. Polarity Magnetics? Right. Something like that. So not the government? No. Because, okay. All right. Well, there's a production note here. Scully, upon discovering the second unscrewed light bulb at eight minutes. I tried to put this wherever I thought eight minutes was, and I guess it's not here. No, it's not here because they get the names of the other people who have disappeared. Yes. And one of them is... Margaret? Yeah, Margaret. Was necky. Was necky. Okay. They I'll... go through her trash and the light post outside of her house the bulb is unscrewed that's right okay so that's the second light bulb at margaret was house when she finds that light bulb 
She says, darkness covers a multitude of sins, which is a reference to the Bible passage, love covers a multitude of sins, from 1 Peter 4, 8. I don't know how to say Bible passages. 1 Peter 4, 8. Oh, well, I don't know. Sure. Okay. <laughs> you know now. Scully asks Mulder if blaming spontaneous human combustion... Scully asks Mulder if he is blaming spontaneous human combustion for Mr. Newworth's death, which you brought up. And they discuss this briefly before they board the elevator to go to the residence of Margaret Wisnecki, who was a previous missing person. Because remember at the beginning, when they came on to this, they are looking for missing persons who have this weird vortex. Yeah. Do we have any idea why he went to Margaret's house? She worked with him. Right, but... She was the first. He didn't know that his shadow was doing this yet. He just went because he was... Something happened and he was scared? Something like that. Okay. So we don't know exactly what happened to him... No. ...in the particle accelerator. We don't. Because it seems like he vanished. Right. But then he rematerialized somewhere else. They don't really go over that. They don't really go over a lot of stuff. Nah. This is what happens when it's fanfic. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's true. So, did you know that the second victim, Margaret Wisnecki, worked... I guess she was actually the first victim, but the second victim that we are introduced to worked at Laramie Tobacco, another fictional brand. And this is likely an homage to the fictional tobacco company featured in The The Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah, I knew that. that? I knew that right away. Mulder notes that the coach lamp is out at her house, finding that when he screws it back in, it illuminates. So, that's the one where... Scully says the the uh, bastardized Bible verse. You would think a good Catholic wouldn't do that. I think I think it. Ha- <laughs> can you hear that on the? I don't know if you guys can hear that, dear sweet listeners, but our neighbor is getting down. Playing that one song that they play constantly. Getting jiggy with it. It's, it's house music, and all we can hear is the bass line, and it ba-dum, sounds. Ba-dum, 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 it just ba-dum, sounds ba-dum. like the same song over and over. It's the same song that they always play. Yeah. Sometimes they play it during the daytime. Sometimes they play it when the sun goes down. Either way, it's always this one song. So hopefully you can't hear that, and then you don't know what we're talking about. That's right, because it'll get cut out. Uh, As they enter the house, they find a similar patch on the floor of the the vortex squiggy. The vortex squiggy. Yeah. As opposed to the vortex Lenny. Let's not let anything else spoil this evening. Hello. Yep. Scully notes that Margaret was employed by Laramie, but dismisses any connection since it is such a common employer in North Carolina. Yeah, apparently everybody there works for a tobacco company. They discuss that the first victim, Gail Ann Lamberg, was an engineer at Polarity Magnetics. Mulder digs through Wisnecki's trash and finds a train ticket with an arrival date for the same day that she disappeared. Mulder suggests that the victims are being hunted, which is... Strange. Spontaneous human combustion and hunting. Those usually go together, right? No, he had abandoned the spontaneous combustion thing at this point. I'm just keeping them going. I'm just going to stack them. Okay. Like so many Jenga blocks. It's a wild coincidence that the first guy we see also was at the train station. Yeah. I think, but that is just a coincidence. I think so, yeah. Hmm. Which, I'm fine if they point out that it's a coincidence. Yeah. Because coincidences happen in real life. I have... My favorite coincidence of all time is a wild one. So there's this man in southeastern Asia. I can't remember which specific country, but he takes a cab ride to work every day. That's how he gets to work, is he takes a cab. So he's got the same cab driver. Okay. Always. One day, they hit and kill a man on a bicycle, which is tragic, and it was an accident. Yeah. So nothing, you know, nobody gets in huge trouble for it. And they continue their relationship. He keeps riding with that guy to work every day. And exactly one year later, they hit and kill another guy on a bicycle who was the twin brother. Oh my gosh. Of the first guy. And it was their birthday. Whoa. And this is a true story. That's nuts. So anytime people say, oh, 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 what a coincidence. Oh, weird shit happens. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because... We're talking about an infinite timeline here, basically. So everything that can happen will eventually happen. Man, that 
rough for everybody. Yeah, the same the same cab driver, the same passenger. Which makes sense because, well, it makes sense that they were still together. Yeah. Because they have the same schedule. But, oh man, yikes. Back to the story. A tired looking Banton is seen at the train station, sitting at a bench. He walks slowly while smoking a cigarette, still looking behind him every few steps, so he gets up off the bench. Um, He enters an alleyway and the lights flicker as he walks by. Oh, yeah, this is the real fun part. Yeah, I love this scene. He's just walking down this very large alley, so it's obviously a place that people... People would definitely cut through there. Absolutely. It's not a dark, creepy alley. It's... It's lit. It's like a whole lot. Yeah. (laughs) But there's a cop that goes, oh, hey, he gets on his radio and says, hey, I see a guy. I'm going to go harass him. Yeah. And the first thing he does is just pull his gun on a guy who's just walking. Just walking. Good job. The police car rolls up and the lights dim. The officer gets out and Banton flees, but is cut off by a second cop car. Now they've... Pinned, the, pinned him in. Yeah, I was going to say they've cornered him, but he's in a throughway. So yeah, they've pinned him in. They've... Both got their guns drawn. Yeah. For a guy who was just walking. Literally just walking. That's all he was doing. He was just walking. I was trying to think of anything, but there's really, even if you're like walking down the street talking to yourself, just leave people alone. Yeah. That's not anything. Yeah. So he warns them to stay away, but Officer Barney, one of the officers, moves too close and is reduced to ashes. Oh, well. Yep. Then the second officer comes close and is also turned into a blue puddle of energy. (laughs) <laughs> and Banton flees the alley in terror, which they absolutely deserved what they got. I didn't shed any tears. No. When Mulder, Scully, and Ryan investigate the scene, Ryan suggests that it's a cop-killing case and that she is indirectly responsible. She's like, what? She tells Mulder that the fingerprints had no match for hotel employees or in the criminal database, which... Would be impressive if any of the databases were connected, but, you know. (laughs) Right. Especially in 95. Right. Nobody talks to each other. No. Mulder is unwilling to share any of his theories on the case. I mean, any more, I guess, of his theories on the case. Because I don't know if Vince Gilligan had an idea of what Mulder would be thinking at this point. Right. He's either going to be dead on right for no reason. Right. Or uh, I just don't have any wild ideas of my own to put in (laughs) he's like i've already done spontaneous human combustion and these people are being hunted so no comment where do you go from there Mulder suggests looking at the train station security cameras and so they do but initially they find nothing and then Mulder points out a man who seems to always be sitting in the same spot at the train station staring at the floor they didn't notice that the first several times they watched all these videos nope But they do have that amazing technology at the train security station. Zoom. Where they can zoom in and enhance so much that nothing's pixelated. There are no pixels in this enhanced picture. No, these security cameras are 8K. It's better than any picture I've ever taken on my phone. It tried (laughs) to blow up. And they blow up the logo on his jacket, and it says Polarity Magnetics. That's where the one person worked. Yep, one person. Scully and Mulder investigate Polarity, which appears to have been closed up. They meet Chester Banton's business partner, Christopher Davey, who's just standing in a dark doorway. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I know that they don't do a lot on sound stages, and this probably wasn't a sound stage, but if they didn't do so much on location, I would believe 100% this was a sound stage, and they just built one wall. (laughs) Davey tells them that Banton has been missing for five weeks. He assumed that he had died, (laughs) which is like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if one of my colleagues disappeared for five weeks, if I would just be like, guess he's dead. That's why I thought that he had tried to kill Chester. Right. I thought it was intentional because the way he explains it, Chester got locked in the particle accelerator and turned into a shadow man and then (laughs) reconstituted somewhere else. It's like a Dr. Manhattan thing, but not as cool. Right. Not nearly as good. He does say that he assumed he died because he was involved in a terrible lab accident that involves dark matter and such. Yep. Or whatever. 
Polarity Magnetics invented things related to magnetics. So, you know. Good name, then. Aptly named. But Banton used that to fund his theoretical studies into dark matter and subatomic particles. Because, sure, that uses all the same equipment. And can you do that? I mean, embezzling is a thing. Oh, that's true. And I guess we're going to find out if that's what I go in for my jury duty. Oh, (laughs) that'd be fun. Embezzlement. The word embezzle makes me think of things being bedazzled. That makes me think of bevels. Oh, interesting. Anytime embezzlement comes up, I just think of somebody wearing the gaudiest bullshit. I think of like glass top dining room tables. Oh, huh. Beveled edge. (laughs) Embeveled. Words. Embevelment. Aren't words great? Words are fun. (laughs) We like to have fun here. Words are fun, and I'm so glad I don't have to learn English as an adult. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man. Yes, you said it. Davy tells them of the accident. Banton had been working with the particle accelerator, bombarding an alpha particle target with beta particles. In essence, negative and positive particles. That's me every time I go in public. Oh my god. <laughs> Just out there being bombarded by babies. <laughs> oh my god. I don't think, do babies bombard alphas? I don't know. Hi! Hi! Good morning! That would be so great. (laughs) Get off me, betas! (laughs) Does that make you the negative or the positive particle? I'm positive. I'm alpha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's all these negative betas out here. (laughs) Wow. Do you think it picked up? I don't know. You're cracking your neck. <laughs> when I go outside, I just uh, stay away from people. <laughs> your sigma. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we don't have alpha, beta, sigma in the uh, in the female and the non-binary community. Yeah, you do. No, I'm pretty sure it's only in the dude bro community. Nah, this is nature. It's not, though. natural science. It isn't. It's backed up by hard data. No, it's not. It's disproven. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. Mm-mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. Well, I guess I can't argue with that. Exactly. (laughs) Wow. Inside the test chamber, Scully and Mulder observe a gray, man-shaped mark on the wall. And then they just let, uh, let Banton's partner, Davey, they just let it, Davey leave them in the particle accelerator. Like, what the hell? If this guy had killed Banton, Blanton, Banton, Chester, like I had thought, like he would have just shut the door and taken them out. Yeah. So easily. And at this part, at this point in the episode, he seemed real sketch. Yeah, he did. And then he turns out to be real sketch. So. And they just. <laughs> they both let him they, leave them in there? They dare him they do. to kill them. <laughs> bet you all. Uh, bet you all. Hey, hey beta. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you said alpha and beta, right? <laughs> Guess what I am. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I wish people could see your mannerisms. <laughs> you look like a rooster. <laughs> Actually, let me, let's go back to what the accident was. The countdown had begun when Banton was outside of the accelerator. Yeah, so it can't be stopped. But then he goes, he realized that something had been miscalculated, but the countdown can't be stopped. But then he goes inside the particle accelerator? To do what now? Is this another one of those wind tunnel situations? Remember <laughs> yeah. where all of the all of the controls they are They had inside? the laptop in the, yeah. That was weird and bad. Yeah. OSHA needs to get involved. There was time to make the change, but Davy had left the room when Banton went into the test chamber to make the change. Why would you leave your partner? Who's going into that chamber? You wouldn't. Why would you leave at the moment of the countdown for a particle accelerator situation? There's no reason. There's no good enough reason. I don't care what is going on with your gut biome at that moment. 
No, you shit yourself. Yeah, you don't leave. No. So, the countdown has begun. It cannot be stopped. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck can you open the door? That's a good question. What happens? Would the particles just fly around the room? I don't understand <laughs> how any of this stuff works. You don't know how particle accelerators work? I know that they shoot particles around in a circle. Yeah, but that's just, their particle accelerator is just one room. <laughs> really? It is the um, the wind tunnel. Yeah. So they <laughs> I'm just, sorry, turbine. They just bounce one particle just around the room. And, but if they open the door, then the particle would bounce it out. It could escape. And then they'd have to go get another particle. Well, they'd have to chase that one down. Oh, because it's like a bouncy ball? Yeah. It's, one of those it's super really, fast. It's one of those super bouncy balls. Oh, that does sound annoying. Ah, oh, get the particle! It could get stuck behind somewhere. What if it bounced into the air duct? Oh, what if the cat saw it? Oh. Then you just got a cat chasing a particle? Oh my goodness. It would just be chaos. Chaos everywhere. Oh. Hopefully it's not the Schrodinger particle. No wonder Davey left. He's like, I'm not doing this again. I am not chasing this particle. He just opened the door. No thanks. No, we have talked about this. I am not chasing that particle. I have dinner reservations. I'm locking him in. (laughs) So Banton is trapped inside his miscalculated particle accelerator with the one particle. And then he gets turned into a shadow on the wall. Yep. Or lame Dr. Manhattan. Right, Doctor. (laughs) Dr. Bronx. So Davey theorizes that the particle accelerator burned Banton's shadow into the wall. I still don't know how particle accelerators work. Is that a... (laughs) Or shadows, apparently. No. I can see my shadow right now. Is it... It's huge. Look how big my head is. (laughs) You have a giant head. It's the whole size of that enormous pillow. So watch out for particles, I guess. You can't burn a shadow into anything. There was a thing at the Children's Museum that did like a strobe light. Oh, yeah. And then like you would turn around after the strobe and your shadow would be there. I have no idea what the technology behind that was. I just know it was really fun. You'd try to be in the air when it hit. Yeah. Probably not a particle accelerator. You don't think? You don't think they were shooting particles at children? And me. (laughs) And you. like the thing at the children museum children's museum where the butterflies would fly around and then they would land on you never been to the children's museum here oh we used to go all the time and whenever we would go into the kids in charge area riley was in charge you know Mm -hmm. this was when he was like four so he would come in and the first couple of times i would give him the rules okay you can you can go around you can do your thing but don't leave but you're in charge. And so after a while, he, as soon as we would walk in to the area right before we'd pass over the threshold, he'd go, okay, mama, I'm in charge. <laughs> oh, it was adorable. Now he's a teenager. Yeah. He's still great, but he doesn't call me mama anymore. And he doesn't let you know that he's in charge. No. He just is an alpha. <laughs> 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 he expects you to know your place. <laughs> Wow. No, I did not raise him like that. (laughs) No. No, no, no. Uh, Davey theorizes that Banton survived because the particles had no mass and therefore passed through his body like an extremely powerful x-ray. Okay. Sure. Sounds good. That's a lot of science words smashed together. Yeah, but did he disappear? Did he vanish? Did he just walk out of that room later and you were like, okay, see you later, Chester. And then five weeks later go, I assumed he was dead. I don't know. Did he come back and just see the shadow? Yeah, I guess. I, who knows? You know what? Unclear. Unclear. <laughs> Scully notes that all of, that the burnt wall is a similar substance to what was found at the crime scenes. But it wasn't a vortex, and it wasn't blue, and it wasn't swirly, and it wasn't fun. It was just a shadow. It was. It wasn't even a good shadow. No. Mulder admits that he is less convinced of human combustion. That's good. Good for you. Scully and Mulder return to the train station, but Banton is nowhere to be found. Mulder is seated in Banton's spot from the video, which is just fucking rude. That's all. That's all I have. That's all you got? I don't... I guess it's rude. Like, if you're waiting for a person, that's one way to get their attention. Just sitting in their spot? Don't sit in his spot. Also, if you're not trying to get their attention, that's a bad way to not get their attention. It is true. So, as Mulder is sitting there in Banton's spot, he's trying to figure out what he was staring at. And I said, he didn't have a shadow. 
and then it took them like 14 minutes to <laughs> yeah. figure out that there was no shadow. Like I got that the first time we saw him there. Yeah. You can clearly see there's no shadow on the Right. Scully suggests that the accident may have affected his mind and caused him to do repetitive behavior. Oh, oh yeah, I guess they don't know that his shadows. That's true. Killing people at this point in time. Also, it's interesting. So the repetitive behavior sounds like another monkism. It is. So did they just take everything that From he this did episode? in this episode and, and said, "Hey, let's make a TV show about that guy, but make him a cop." Yeah. Huh. Mulder interrupts Scully to tell her that the spot in the train station effectively has no shadows due to the soft, diffused light. It's true. It's, I don't know why you're rolling your eyes. I'm glad that the FBI agent finally caught up. Okay. Meanwhile, Banton enters the station looking like he should just go to sleep. <laughs> he looks rough. He looks like he hasn't slept in five weeks. It's uh, He hasn't. And I still don't understand why. Because he's afraid his shadow will touch somebody. Sleep in a dark room. What if somebody turns the light on? Sleep in a locked dark room. I don't know. I didn't do it. Stop it. <laughs> what, me? <laughs> Go to a hotel. Put the do not disturb sign on the door. People will think that you're having sexy times, apparently. <laughs> that's what you said. <laughs> oh, when at the very first shot. That's right, yeah. What's his name? Put the do not disturb on. <laughs> I said something about sexy times. Yep, and then you made all those... Falling oh. sounds. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you think he went in there for a little... Rear, rear. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I reminded you. But he could have done that as long as he paid up his bill. They won't come in, into his room. Very true. I guess. There's so, plenty of ways he could have done it. So just go to sleep, dude. I can't. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> go to sleep, dude. <laughs> That's what she says to me every night. <laughs> There's no good night. Patting my head, (laughs) smoothing my hair very comfortingly, and says, go to sleep, dude. (laughs) And now you guys all know the intimate details. (laughs) (laughs) I like how I just say it regular, too. It's not nice. It's not like soothing. It's just the the stroking of the hair is very nice. It's calming. Go to sleep, dude. So they they run. Uh, Banton runs. They run after him. While he runs, they trap him by the train cars. They give him in a pincer maneuver again. Yep. They love pincering this guy. <laughs> when Mulder is about to step into Banton's shadow, Banton tells him, "It doesn't care who you are. It will kill you." <laughs> what a strange way to say that. I'd be like, what? I, I would say, don't walk into my shadow. That seems reasonable. It's at least giving you an idea of what you're supposed to be avoiding. <laughs> yes. As opposed to, it'll kill you. <laughs> it what? doesn't care who you are. <laughs> what does that mean? But I do. I want to get to know you as a person. <laughs> After a long nap. Put your gun down. Right. And tell me about your life. Who are you? Who did you want to be? If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? If your seven-year-old self met you now, would your seven-year-old self be proud of you? Uh, his would his would because uh, his sister wasn't abducted yet. True. So I think his seven-year-old self would be horrified to know that his sister's about to be abducted. Well, you can't tell him. Jeez. What if you did? You can just just say, I'm an FBI agent and a seven-year-old would be like, that's neat. And then you don't tell him and your sister's going to be abducted in five years or six years. Why not? That's just traumatizing. What if you... That's more traumatizing than the sister being abducted. What if... You have a countdown. What if you say, all right, your parents are going to the neighbor's house. You're going to be playing Stratego. She's going to be annoying. You're going to be more annoying, but you're not going to realize that you're annoying, but you definitely are annoying. And instead of going for that gun that's in the cigar box on top of the bookcase, grab her leg. Okay. I don't think that is going to be effective against aliens. What's it, aliens? Yeah. She got abducted the same way his best friend did. His best friend? From NICAP. Oh. I was actually like, Mulder has friends? (laughs) He tried to have the one friend. He did. But then he got abducted. I hope he comes back. Max? Max, yes. I hope Max comes back. Me too. He was a good character. I liked him. I want Max to come back. I want Toombs to come back. Toombs is gone. 
I want Tombs to come back. He, Tombs is dead. I want Tombs he to come a back. Smear on an escalator. I know. Isn't that awful? I think about that not every time, but a lot of times when I'm at the Publix and getting on the escalator to go back to the car. Scream. Not when I'm going down the escalator. I well, know, because that's not where it happened. That's true. Now you guys know about our Publix. It has an escalator. <laughs> that's your only option. Yeah. If you're getting to your car. Mulder shoots out two light bulbs in the area, getting rid of his shadow. But Scully's about to walk into it. Yes. On the other direction. And that's when Mulder jumps into action. But no one says anything hey. about the hey, shadow. Hey, don't step in the shadow. No. What if him shooting spooked her and then she shot also because that's pretty much what cops do. And so he's shooting the lights because he didn't say he was going to shoot out the lights. He didn't say, hold on. He didn't say anything. He just shot. So in real time, don't you think both the cops would have just shot? Not Dana Scully. She waits until somebody's dead before she shoots. You know what? She's ready for the zombie apocalypse. She never shoots him in the head though, does she? No. He's only shot the one guy. I'm on the fourth book of a zombie apocalypse series right now. I see. In that scenario, it would help. You got to shoot him in the head. Banton is taken to Yalof Psychiatric Hospital. Yeah, there was a moment here after Mulder excellently shoots light bulbs. This is the first time I believe we've seen him shoot his gun. Mm. And Antonio is telling him something. I can't remember what he says. He says, dude, I haven't slept in five weeks. Holy bananas. (laughs) And on top of that, I can't remember exactly what it's what he says, but there's a moment where you can see he just loses Scully. Scully oh, goes, yeah. She, on her face just goes, oh, this guy. Yeah, I can't remember what he said either, but Jillian Anderson, yeah, face acting, nailed it. Yep. So that's when he's taken to the psychiatric hospital in Piedmont, where a psychiatrist tells Mulder that Banton insisted on being in a room with soft light, which would not make any shadows, and. Banton also refused to let anybody else in the room until he had soft light. Because he's doing his part. He is. I wonder if he's told anybody about a shadow. (laughs) Nope, he's just making the demands. All right. Banton tells the agents that they wouldn't understand what was going on. And then he tells them that his shadow is like a black hole, splitting molecules, splitting atoms, and pulling out electrons, reducing matter to pure energy, which is... Fucking false. It's not what's happening. Because his shadow's touching a ton of stuff, (laughs) and everything's made of matter. (laughs) So I say to you, Banton, you don't know what's going on either. No. Nobody knows what's happening. It's all unclear. He explains that he went to see Gail, and as they stood in the doorway, she suddenly disappeared. He wants to discover the secrets behind his shadow before, quote-unquote, they, the government understand the secrets behind his shadow he pleads with the agents to let him out there's nothing like pleading to the government when you're trying to hide from the government (laughs) yeah i don't know who he thinks they work for he also doesn't understand what's going on with them (laughs) says that the they are gonna do the brain suck on him yeah that was you know what i'm being too hard on him he has sleep deprivation yeah pretty severe case yeah and his shadow's murdering people that's pretty rough Sorry, dude. Detective Ryan, apparently being pressured by a Detective Baron, a dude, instructs them to stop interrogating the subject. When Baron asks the agents why they are investigating the case, Scully tells them that they are investigating in an unofficial capacity. After she stares at Detective Ryan for seven seconds. What? Who brought you in on this? Staring at Detective Ryan. And then looking back up and saying, nobody. Right. Baron believes that the case is solved. How? They got the guy. How did he do any of it? This is good. Okay. You're right. I don't know why I asked. Got the guy. But Mulder accuses Baron of not knowing anything about the case. Which, honestly, no one knows anything about the case. Not a single person. Mulder manages to secretly tell Detective Ryan that Banton needs soft light. Which, he's in soft light. Banton has already taken care of that request. Well, they're going to transfer him. So the new place, which I'm sure, county lockup, yeah, they've got plenty of things to uh, accommodate that sort of thing. What would soft light be? Is that like a 40 watt? I don't know. They say diffused. So is it like the 
bulb casing that makes it soft light? I really have no clue. I don't know. I know what soft water is because it's hard to get clean in hard water and you're in a hard water town. I mean, with hard water zest. And you'll know what we mean. Jeez. You're not fully clean unless you're zestfully clean. Oh, yeah, I remember that commercial. <laughs> Mulder has a secret meeting in the train station with X, which feels like it came out of nowhere. Very much so. Asking him about Dr. Banton. X asks where he is being held and then tells Mulder that he cannot interfere with the case, stating that he has nothing to gain from the case. Yeah. Hey, where exactly is he? Okay, thanks. Yeah, I can't do anything. Mm-mm. Oh, that's not suspicious at all. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Don't be suspicious. His name's X. I mean, kind of his job to be suspicious. X gonna give it to you. I can't remember the next line. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> On your own. That night at Yalov Hospital, the lights flicker and then black out. Why do the lights always flicker? He's not magic. <laughs> or like electrostatic or anything like that. X appears from the dark to tell the on-duty nurse that Dr. Banton is being transferred early because of the power outage. He appears immediately. Yeah, well, because there was two teams, clearly. Well, they got one team at the substation turning the power off and then he's already there to act immediately. No, I understand that. But the... To the nurse, like, oh, the power's out. Yeah. Oh, wait, I said my line too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a good move to put the light directly in her face, though. That was rude. It was, it's a good move. You don't want somebody to know who you are. Though. It's true. I liked it. I'm going to start doing it all the time. <laughs> to who? Betas. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this has become the alpha beta episode. <laughs> I did not even have that locked up when I started it. (laughs) So I guess X is the alpha. (laughs) In this scenario, yeah. Under the protests of the nurse, X and two attendants go to Dr. Banton's room. Banton pleads with them to leave him alone as they duct tape his mouth and zip tie his hands and ankles. X stays outside of the room, though. Because he's smart. The emergency backup lights activate, causing shadows that kill the two attendants instantly. And then Tony Shalhoub walks out with, like, his hands zip-tied yep. and his mouth duct-taped real slow and real cool-looking. Yeah. It is a cool, cool shot. It is a cool shot. And then he just turns over to look at X as he's peeling the duct-tape off his mouth. They just stare at each other. It's a cool scene. Guess, this bit is pretty awesome. I guess it was Alpha to Alpha. Alpha to Sigma. <laughs> Tony Shalhoub's the Sigma. Is that good? Yeah, Sigma's... <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I can't remember that video. I can't in, remember what the rules are. In the new mythology, Sigma's <laughs> even, are even cooler than Alpha's because they're alone all the time. Oh. It, it's real. It's loser shit. It's real <laughs> just loser shit. Although he draws his gun, X stays away from Dr. Banton's shadow and allows Dr. Banton to flee the hospital. I wouldn't say flee. He basically saunters out of that. Yeah. I thought he was going to use the flashlight as a weapon. Like, keep the shadow away from him. Yeah. That would have been pretty cool. That was a really cool look, though. It was, was, yeah, it was pretty sweet. That scene was two predators eyeing each other. Yeah. The agents investigate the scene, and Mulder suggests that there is government involvement. And then he looks at himself, and he goes, oh, I am government involvement. Or that's me. It'd be me. (laughs) Mulder tells Scully that Dr. Banton only wants to control his shadow and that he's gone to the only place where he can. Polarity magnetics. Okay. I don't understand. This is what I suggested solitary confinement because they often turn out all the lights there. Yeah, what's his face from the last episode? He would not have had a problem with the shadow. Nope. Just the pig leg. Just the pig leg. He did not appreciate that. I don't think I would either. It was not fruitcake. It was not cooked. No. You're going to give somebody a ham in prison where they don't have access to an oven or a smoker. You have to cook it. That makes sense to me. Otherwise, it's just rude. It was rude. (laughs) Very rude. Everything that happened was rude. Rude. (laughs) When Davy comes in uh, into Polarity Magnetics, Banton instructs him not to turn on the lights and leads him to the particle accelerator, pleading with him to destroy the dark matter. Can you destroy dark matter? No. I get that in 1995 we didn't really have a good handle on what dark matter was. So they're just making stuff up. 
But man, like, realize that eventually we are going to figure out what it is. So just invent something new. Like quantum matter? Yeah, there you go. Quantum matter. There we go. That's fine. Because now that we do know that most of the universe is made up of dark matter, this doesn't make sense. (laughs) Destroy the dark matter! How? How would you... How? You, you, well, first of all, you can't destroy matter, period. Right. That's one of the basic physics formulas. Yep. I was going to say evaluations. At that moment, Detective Ryan bursts in, aiming her gun at Banton. Unwilling to be captured again, Banton steps forward so that his shadow touches her, killing her instantly. Yeah, this is the first person Murder. we see him kill on purpose. I think the other ones would be manslaughter. I think they're suicide. Not the woman at her house, though. No. That was accident. It was totally accidental. Nobody knew what was happening. Right. The cops are definitely suicide because they're just walking directly into it. Yeah. Those guys. Those guys don't even count. Yeah. And the RIP Detective Ryan. Uh, There goes my theory that she was going to be a love interest for Mulder. Oh, yeah. I remember you saying that at the beginning. Banton leads a dumbstruck Davy to the accelerator, begging him to help him destroy himself. Davy locks the lab, but doesn't turn on the accelerator, revealing that he's working for the government. Or whoever. Right. They. He's working for them. I love how much the government comes into this, because it's just such an entity. And everybody except Chester is in the government. The detectives, the Mm -hmm. cops, Mulder and Scully, they're all the government. It's all government. Davy phones a contact to inform him of, of Banton's capture but is shot by X. Pew, pew! (laughs) Later, Mulder and Scully arrive and find the lab vacant, but the accelerator is running. On the video monitor, they see a seated figure disappear into a shadow stain on the wall alongside the first. Scully theorizes that Banton killed himself, but Mulder reminds her that the chamber is sealed from the outside. But isn't that how he accidentally got in there in the first place? Yeah. Doesn't it lock from the outside? When you go in there? Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Mulder calls for X again and accuses him of lying. Okay. Right? Mulder breaks contact with X, who finally tells Mulder that he didn't kill Banton. A funeral is held for Kelly Ryan. Mulder notes that Christopher Davey has been missing since Banton's apparent death. So apparently X also was just able to clean up. Yeah, not just the body. Wherever the bullet went. Yep. Replace that computer monitor real quick all the blood that was on the keyboard had to have been on the keyboard they're really good at cleaning up murders in this very quickly because remember in the um in the this boat is aging rapidly episode yeah the guy killed the oh yeah he he killed my man vladimir kulich he did he killed him and then he dragged his body somewhere and cleaned up where cleaned up when you can't touch any of the water or he, he, nobody just went to that bathroom. Maybe. He suggests that Banton wasn't the only one who was killed in the particle accelerator. The episode ends as X enters a facility where Dr. Banton is restrained to a chair and subjected to experiments. A strobe light. It's awful. Somebody just needs to let him sleep. It looks terrible, but it's, there's like flashing a light in his face with a weird white background. It's true. Him. That's what's happening. It's strange. How are you surviving? I'm getting a flashlight. And when I need to kill somebody like X, I hold out my hand, and then I shine my flashlight <laughs> behind it, putting my shadow on his chest. You're going to take out all of the alphas with your shadow? I'm going to take... No, I'm an alpha. So I'm not taking out me. I'm taking out everybody below me. You wouldn't take out other alphas? There are no other alphas. Just me. That's what alpha means. I'm alpha. Wait. don't try to apply logic to any of this do alpha males think that they're the only alpha i don't think that they know because i think they are bros with other alphas but it doesn't make any sense but that's because it doesn't make any sense and then sigma in the greek alphabet is lower but it's higher yeah hierarchy well it depends on who you ask because if you ask an alpha they're not if you ask a sigma they are sigma's just they don't need girlfriends what did they call us? Oh, Low-value women? Low val- yes! Low-value women. Don't need girlfriends because... Um, of- self-sufficient. Yeah, please don't date anybody. <laughs> they can't. 
Good. Please don't. Please continue that self-sufficiency. Yeah, don't tell me. I'm not a sigma. I'm an alpha. I attract high-value women. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Okay. You should know. <laughs> I know. I keep having to answer the door and send them away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just following me around. It's the betas and the high-value women that are just <laughs> buzzing around you. <laughs> so annoying you're like a little queen bee and they're all <laughs> king <coming>. bee like <laughs> king bee <laughs> how are you surviving i guess i'm installing soft light everywhere it's a good idea um who are you shipping oof that's rough i'm shipping tony shalhoub in a dark quiet cool room <laughs> with a nice lock on it yeah <laughs> that he can leave eventually but not for like 16 hours of having us <laughs> to sleep first. Oh, man. Who am I shipping? I guess X and Mulder. Get them back working together again. Get them tight. Because they're, they're, they're untight right now. They are untight. And they both work for government. The government. <laughs> them. Yes. Yeah. That's, ah, that's the best I got. It's not yeah. great, but, you know, it's a hard one to ship anyway. It is. Yeah. All right. Okay. The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at Cast Files. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at The Cast Files. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a Tee Public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by Atuka Art. That's O-O-K-A-R-T. A bug just flew into my sports bra. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs>